Midwife Crisis Podcast will touch on sensitive topics regarding the human body, sexuality, pregnancy, and all aspects of women's health care and may not be suitable for all listeners. I'm Kate. And I'm PR. And this is the Midwife Crisis Podcast Microscope. My, microsode. When I say I'm PR, I always feel like saying I'm Lester Holt. <laughs> um, the podcast where you learn it's not just you. This is where we answer listener emails, readdress previous episodes, and importantly, we share our self-care at the end of the microsode. So uh, as you know, this is not a real-time podcast. So by the time you listen to this, uh, what we talk about many times is a little bit older news. But what's happening um, in the news right now is something that can be a di- really difficult topic Um And I just want to warn everyone that this could be triggering for victims of assault or harassment. Uh, So what I wanted to talk about was the life and death of Sarah Everard, a 33-year-old woman who disappeared in South London on March 3rd. She left her friend's house in the evening. Um, She did the things that many of us have done to try to stay safe. She was talking on the phone with her boyfriend. She stayed to well-lit areas, and she wore a bright green raincoat. Uh, A week later... Police arrested a Metropolitan Police officer as the murder suspect, and on March 12th, uh, police identified her body in the woods of a neighboring county. Um, this This story has awoken a hidden fear that all women carry, whether they are cis or trans or femme or butch. Um, the constant fear of being attacked, um, or harassed or assaulted, and all of those sort of events can occur in different scenarios. And it sort of restricts some of your freedom if you're fearful of being attacked at night. Um, The burden of having the onus fall on us isn't really new. Mm -hmm. Um, The Take Back the Night movement started in this country in the 70s. I think the late 70s I I was in college, and I remember seeing it um, stenciled onto sidewalks um, to protest the violence and sexual assault against women. And the Me Too movement, hashtag Me Too movement, started by Tarana Burke in 2006, spurred um, it came from similar ideologies. And basically the the premise is that women are not safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, it's, it's just really interesting. Um, sometimes when I'm driving at night and I think that looks like it would be a really nice place to walk, that it probably smells good outdoors and it's, it's the n- nighttime sky and all of that. And I thought I would never walk out there by myself. And he, <laughs> yeah. he, I don't care where the neighborhood is located. I was just thinking, I can't do that. I can't. It's just not possible. It's so true. Um, you know, I grew up as one of three girls. Um, and I still remember my dad showing me how to take a magazine and roll it really, really tightly um, because it can be used to jab someone. And he'd tell me, you know, you'd go under their chin or mm-hmm. you'd go, you know, under their rib. And um, this can really do some damage. And I remember thinking like, what near me can be a weapon, mm-hmm. you know, at all times. Even as a teenager, I actually, um, you guys may not have known this about me. This is a minor flex, but I am a black belt in Kempo Karate. What? what? Hiya. Anyway, uh, so I was training for my black belt, and I remember learning techniques and things that were specific to women's self-defense. Um, and I remember committing... Uh, to memory when I heard tales of women who got away. So how did they do it? What did they done? How did they survive? Mm-hmm. How did they trick their captor? Um, I was always thinking things like that. And I remembered 
like if they survived, I would too, you know. Um, I remember participating in Take Back the Night, uh, a rally that PR had just talked about when I was in college and marching and chanting down the streets of Buffalo, New York, um, you know, safe in a pack of women and then being handed a rape whistle at the end and feeling thankful because there were so many times where I'd be walking home at night and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd, I'd be having it in my pocket ready to, you know, to blow it. Mm-hmm. I remember my dad gave me a knife to keep in my car, which I have to be honest, I initially used it to cut limes so I could do <laughs> shots before I went into a bar because those are very expensive. <laughs> um, and later, actually, um, when I was on the way to meet PR, um, I witnessed a car accident and I used the knife to cut a curtain airbag of a car that had flipped over so I could make sure the person inside was okay. I remember that. Um, so, you know, I've I've been these women and I've been groped against my will. I've had people lay on top of me and touch me and snap my bra straps and grab at my breasts. Um, you know, I was actually at a uh, water park over the summer, maybe two summers ago, and someone grabbed my grabbed my butt in the what? wave pool. And I remember this little like group of, you know, teenage boys walking by snickering and I I felt so violated. Um, And this is not new. This is not just me. You know, when is it going to be okay for us to have our own bodies and our own autonomy and have them really truly be ours? I'm just, I'm really over it. I want to know when it's going to be safe. Um, Why do we have to keep grooming girls to be Mm -hmm. quote unquote safe as Mm -hmm. if it's their job to stay safe? Um, When are we going to start raising our children to know right from wrong and to keep their hands to themselves and that no means no and you need Mm -hmm. to respect boundaries? You know, most importantly, I want to know how Sarah's story might have looked different um, in the media or to us had she been black or brown or an immigrant or trans or non-binary or any of these marginalized groups mm-hmm. that suffer. And I can tell you, especially for the black and brown, that girls, they are assaulted. They do. Um, they are sometimes kidnapped. They go missing mm-hmm. and they don't get the same attention mm-hmm. as, um, let's say, and, and I don't do not begrudge her. I'm very happy for this young lady, um, Elizabeth Smart, yeah. who was um, who was abducted and assaulted. And uh, the they went nuts trying to look for her and as they should have. Right. But as you should for all women in that situation. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. It's sort of silent. If you have someone who is like a. Uh, from who has immigrated here from Latin America or something and they go missing, they just go missing. Mm -hmm. And their families are mourning and sad and looking for them, but not the, not the sort of state or the country Mm -hmm. is, is not kind of keeping an eye out per se. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that makes me a little bit sad. And, and, you know, no group, I don't, I don't think I'd have to look at the statistics has a higher, um, sort of incidents of assault as trans women. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, and I don't know if you would agree with that. I mean, that. Um, yeah, I don't know the I, exact I feel numbers, like they, but I think they're quite their high. Their numbers are high in that mm-hmm. their situations end in death more mm-hmm. often than, their, than others mm-hmm. and um, their incidents of assault more often than others. And, um, you know, it's very interesting. The Just when you were talking about um, bra snapping, that's something that in middle school I was subjected to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, like, when did I ever turn around and say, I'm so glad you did that. Right. Like, I, I, I appreciate that. How about this? We're taught that that's just 
boys being boys. Boys and being boys. I, is I like, remember being enraged about it. And my mom was like, oh, that happened to me too. No. Not like, no. Not like you should be upset. Like, like no. no, that happened to me too. It's not, it's not a big deal. <laughs> and you know, the tagline of our podcast is, it's not just you. So this is happening to women. Those, some who are, are putting up fights and, and successfully being rescued and saved or, or having their uh, perpetrators be um, prosecuted. And those who have not, who have not spoken up or who were spoke up and no one listened. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just you. There are many more folks in that same predicament. And that's what Tarana urged survivors to speak out against assault and sexual and otherwise, because that is the way the numbers, we're going to get the numbers for people to hear the roar. They're not going to hear the quiet. They're going to hear the roar. Right. And so um, one of the results of this movement, um, hashtag me too, was that women realized that they are not the only ones. And I remember adding that um, on my social media sites, hashtag me too, because that's what they asked us to do if you were a person who had been subjected to any of this kind of stuff or been assaulted or anything. Right. And for those of us raising boys, you know, I've raised two boys and a girl. Um, we have to teach them young, just mm-hmm. like you want to teach them to be anti-racist at a young age, because mm-hmm. that's stuff that's they're they're groomed for. Mm-hmm. And so um, t- they have to respect women. They have to you know, ask for consent, they need to not and and abide by it, and whether it's yes or no. Well, if you change your mind, and you don't want to, then the yes doesn't turn into a yes. But anyways, the permission has to be there. And that body, their bodies, like we don't go around, even in middle school, no one's going around grabbing boys by their crotches. And yeah. so um, the part, the reason that the onus is on us is because we have to do our due diligence as mothers of boys who will someday be fathers and partners that certain behaviors are not acceptable. It just is not. If you aren't going to do that to your granny, then don't do it to anybody. Yeah. Don't do it to anybody. Absolutely. And I think that also brings up this thing that we hear. And we hear this in matters of racism, like not all white people. Mm-hmm. And we also hear this in, you know, these types of matters, like not all men. And, you know, I have seen even the most progressive, like, quote unquote, liberal dude friends be like, well, I mean, I would never do that. Or like, you would tell me if I blah, blah, blah. Right. And right. it's like, it's not my job right. to tell you that you're being inappropriate or that you're disgusting me right now. Right. If I want to share with you, I will. But you need to be able to self-regulate your behavior. You are an adult. And just because it's not all people doesn't mean that you're somehow excluded. You know, like right. at the end of the day, we all have to be aware of these issues, you know. And, and I see it even in my young, my boys right now are five and eight and a half. And I can't tell you how many times they'll be, you know, wrestling or rolling around with each other. And one of them will say, no, 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 stop. And if they don't stop, I will say, hey, you need to stop because no means right. no. And people are like, oh, well, that's different. No. It's not different. You're teaching boundaries. Boundaries need That's to be taught. And, you know, I have to sometimes say to my kids, I mean, I'm beyond snuggly. Honestly, if my kids wanted to be in my bed till they were 25, I'd be fine with it. <laughs> like, that's like how I feel. But at the same time, like I've had to say to them, hey, you know, like I'm going pee right now and I would rather be alone in the bathroom and, you know, teaching them mm-hmm. that boundary and vice versa. Like my kid had to start asking me to wear pants because I would just walk around the house with no pants on. And mm-hmm. finally he was like, I would really love it if you wore pants, you know, and it's like, you know what? 
great. We're teaching each other. We're listening to each other's needs and we're addressing those. And I think it is so, so important. So I guess my bottom line here is you're not alone. If this is triggering for you, if this is awakening something in you, I mean, I remember during one of these, many of these over the last couple of years, you know, sort of it, we get ebbs and flows, right? Yes, and, we do. And I remember in one of these, I had this like repressed memory of being like literally assaulted in an mm-hmm. elevator. And I was like, oh my God, I had shut that down into this right. little thing. And I felt so upset and gross about it that I just like put it in some protected space. And, you know, when are we going to address this, you know? Yeah. And, and it needs to be addressed like muscle memory, you want to do it on the regular, like daily, and just make it a lifestyle, not just like, oh, he got in trouble at school because he couldn't keep his hands to himself. And so right. you're addressing that issue. No, it needs to be um, it needs to be a, a, just a habit, yeah. like brushing your teeth, like help, te- help your kids learn to be better people. And I don't to say boys won't be boys. That is a phrase that just makes me twitch because um, what does that mean? That means that they just get to do whatever they want to other people without consequence because of their gender. Mm, No. You know, and we've seen it time and time and again, and and this could be such even a tangent on something else. But right now in the news as well, you know, there's been all these um, there's lots of statewide um, sort of legislation trying to be pushed through on abortion regulation. And, you know, yesterday um, they announced in Texas that there there's, you know, a Republican someone mm. trying to, um, you know, make it punishable by law for a woman and the person who provides the um, abortion care. And in Texas, they have the death penalty. And so that could be leading up to death. And I just, you know, I sort of asked this question on my social media, you know, if this was about life, Mm -hmm. if we're about protecting a life and we're worried about this life, um, then why are we willing to take two in its wake? Right. You know, so um, I just feel like there's a suppression in women and it's not just women. It's like we said, femme people, it's trans women, it's, it's, you know, in all communities, we see it, but it, it needs to be addressed. And I think if we have, as we talk about it with everything, if you have the privilege um, and you have the voice and the ability to speak up, we have to speak up because I have to hope and dream that at some point something's going to stick. Yeah. And yeah. that things will, there will be a, a paradigm shift, um, a change in just the way in which we are comporting ourselves in the community and um, and looking out for folks around us. So, um, yeah, I, you know, that's our little toolbox for today, except that it's not a soapbox. It's a, it's a billboard. It's mm-hmm. a poster. It's a flyer. It's in every way you get information. It's a social media uh, uh, announcement that um, we always say no better, do better, but just fi- try to self-reflect mm-hmm. because I think that that's really important as a parent to mm-hmm. to um to not just teach, so we teach our daughters to protect themselves and then put the onus on them to be protected mm-hmm. and then ask, why did you walk in that park in the dark by yourself? And why did you, that isn't really fair, blaming, we blame the victim. Without, why didn't you wear your steel underwear? <laughs> your chastity belt. Why didn't you keep your chastity belt locked? Oh my goodness. 
Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, it is. It just really is something that makes me sad. Although at the same time, I feel like I read a quote once by Maya Angelou, and she said, I must have done something right in a previous life because I'm a woman. And mm. it, and I'm paraphrasing because, you know, she says things so eloquently or did say, um, God rest her. But, um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I'm grateful that I am who I am uh, and that I don't sit around saying, well, I wish I was a man so we mm -hmm. could do X, Y, and Z because we are strong and mm -hmm. we are, and we can, we are powerful and we need to just use that and use our voices yes. to give ourselves something better. Yes. Love that. She's singing. Again. <laughs> All right. So just as we do in every microsode, uh, we're going to visit the self-care corner. So we're going to talk about how we have loved ourselves and improved ourselves and made space for ourselves um, in the recent past. So I'll go first because um, working around uh, COVID-19 patients, well, actually, so they come to me and they we it's essentially like the emergency room, so they don't necessarily know they're positive. And they don't come saying, I'm sick with COVID symptoms. They'll come for some other obstetric issue. And then we have to admit them and test them, and then we find out that they're positive. So there's a lot of protection of yourself that's going on around that, because basically you're assuming everyone you encounter is a positive person. Mm -hmm. And it made me anxious mm -hmm. about the possibility of contracting the virus. Like if I'm going to work with these people, which I absolutely am going to work with mm -hmm. these people, um, at the same time, given I have a, bun a, a bunch of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a bunch of health conditions that need, require, you know, some TLC. And so I feared that if I came down with the virus, that I might not survive it just because I had so many maladies that or comorbidities or all kinds of words you want to call it mm -hmm. that would complicate the whole thing. And so I said, what can you do? Because you're going to work with these people. Okay, protect myself. <clears throat> so I... Um, you know, use my PPE and we can even post a picture of me in the PPE on the floor. So um, many cute ones. As, as you could, t as if you could tell, because you can't even see who I am mm. underneath all that stuff. But of course do that. But what else can I do to um, make it better for myself and protect myself if I were to come, to come down with the virus aside from now being vaccinated. But prior to that, I decided your nutrition is not what it should be. And that's easy to do where we work because you're staying up late and you're eating all kinds of snacks and you're doing just a lot of things that aren't good for you. You're not getting enough sleep. And classically, self-care with nurses tends to be baking and feeding each other. <laughs> yes. And yeah. then going out with your friends and drinking alcohol. Right. So, um, <laughs> so um, I reformed my diet. And I improved my nutrition and I began to exercise. And so um, my thing is uh, rowing. I, I like kayaking. And so I got a rower for my house because I wasn't going to go into anybody's gym. And I've been rowing. And so um, I feel much better. I feel stronger and lighter and not as afraid because I'm like, I'm ready to fight. I'm mm -hmm. getting myself in fighting form. Love that. And it's not about... Um, you know, people were like, hey, you lost weight. And so, you know, if you're a more mature person, they want to, are you sick or are you, did you do that on purpose? Which mm -hmm. I think is a stupid question. So as soon as they say that, I just say, yeah, on purpose. 
um, that was a result of what I the changes that I made. It was not an intention to have like a goal that I was going to get to. It just yeah. sort of happened as part of the process. And like I said, I feel lighter and stronger and I'm just not as afraid. I'm like, I'm ready for you, COVID. Queen status. Bitch. Yeah. Love so it. So anyways. <laughs> um, she's yeah. taped up those knuckles. Yeah. She's ready to throw I'm down. Ready, I'm ready. But to... also she's vaccinated. And also we don't want to get sick at all. So That's right. <laughs> I'm ready to duke it out. But yeah. And so it's something that I would highly recommend to folks. Just, you know, show yourself love by taking mm-hmm. better care of yourself. I'm so proud of you because it's a constant decision you have to make every, every moment of moment. every day. And it's so hard. It is hard. It's burdensome work. And um, and also something we tend to do as a community of, of females, I wish we didn't, but we do, is treat it like a threat. <laughs> you know, and I think a lot of times when people are like, oh my God, like I've also been getting like, you're so skinny, you're too skinny. Mm-hmm. That and it's it comes from a place of of concern for themselves like as if right. they're not going to be able to be their best selves because you're being your best self right. and guess what guys we are going to be our best selves when we're all there together and we're lifting each other up you mm-hmm. know so yeah it's not a pie there's not limited slices right a pie and today oh well this won't air at that <laughs> time but today is pie day <laughs> 314 yeah 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 cool. that's so funny Anyways. um so my uh, self-care is enormous and uh, it's actually, it's sort of hard to share, but I want to because it's been so transformative mm-hmm. um, because I was, I've been literally ill um, with anxiety. Um, and I had sort of touched on this in a recent episode and talked about therapy and things like that. But I finally, within the last month, um, got meds. I got medicated for my illness that um, is invisible. And anyone who knows me knows this is such an enormous step because I have I felt previously wronged um, by the mental health industry. And I was really scared um, to lose myself and, you know, not be the same person I was. And also when you have anxiety, your anxiety tells you things like, well, you're anxious to protect people. And if you're not anxious anymore because you're medicated, then you won't be able to protect the people you love. And like just ridiculous nonsense. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel so much better. And I'm so frustrated that I didn't allow myself sort of this luxury of a quieter inner panic demon. You know, Mm. I could have done this. I'm like, I could have done this like a long time ago and coped so much better. And I wish I had. Well, it could be 20 years from now and then you're starting to do it. So you're still (laughs) ahead of. It's so true. But I can even say as, you know, it takes a while for things to take effect. But I can say even as a as the most recent pass of about two weeks ago, I was unwell and um, and PR and I are very close and we were mm-hmm. supposed to record. And I just said, like, I'm 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 physically ill with mm-hmm. it right now. I just was in the deepest depths of of anxiety and panic. And and she is amazing and she supported me and um, checked in with me every day. And mm-hmm. it slowly got better mm-hmm. and better and better. And I'm feeling great. And, you know, the way I know, and I was worried to not know. And so I just want to share this because it's really silly. But if you're out there wondering, how will I know? Um, the other day, I went to pick up a takeout at a restaurant, still too scared to eat at one, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I did it. Um, so I'm sitting in my car and I saw a teenage boy sitting outside 
And as I was watching him, I sort of got this little feeling in my stomach. And I thought like, gosh, what, what is that feeling? But then I realized that normally this would be totally triggering for me because so much of my anxiety has to do with my children mm-hmm. and my fear of them being lost or being, you know, abandoned or forgotten or uncomfortable or mm-hmm. anxious or anything that they may have that that feels not great for them. That was so triggering for me. I was always scared of that. And being medicated, um, you know, I was able to be calm and rational Mm -hmm. and just see like this is just a kid picking up food and then he picked up his food and got in his parents (laughs) car and like it was totally fine and I really would have wasted like 10 minutes Mm. and who knows how much like GI distress being totally freaked out for this kid and so um you know, the car pulled around. Like I said, he got in the car. I was like, I'm 99% sure he wasn't abducted. He looked (laughs) like he knew those people. And I just was able to save myself heartache for literally no reason. And it feels so good. So I just want to say that's an amazing testimony. Thanks, meds. And it's important. (laughs) It's important for our listeners to know that it's not just you. In this case, it was Kate and she addressed her issue and got some assistance and kept testing the system until she got a good fit for herself. Yeah. And you don't always get it right the first go round, but because it's you and you're important, you don't want to, you don't want to give up on that. And so, um, you know, we do a good job of taking care of everybody around us, but then when it comes to taking care of ourselves and I kind of looked at it for me and for you, like you, what would you do for your children? Because anyone who knows me knows that I would lie down in on a highway for my kids and just with trucks coming down the road. Um, I would do any, that's all to say I would do anything for them. So what if you were like one of your children? What would you do for them? What is the best thing that you could do for them? Yeah. And that was what led me to the changes and not having the changes feel like I was being punished. Mm-hmm. And I think in, in your case also, you would not have your children have these this kind of anxiety and have issues going on and you would not try to help them or get help for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to And also, like I said, I, I did the things I felt like I should have, you know, like I Mm -hmm. did the therapy and I put in the time and it, it wasn't enough. And it was so hard for me to, to understand that it was something that I couldn't control Mm -hmm. because so much of being anxious and having generalized anxiety is about like the difficulty balancing reality and what you perceive as your reality. And, um, I'm just, I feel great. And I know it may not be the end all be all, but I'm so relieved and excited. And um, and, and I just want to, thank you. And I just want to encourage anyone out there who's scared to really talk because also much credit to my friends and family who know me and were super supportive and promised me that if I became a weird zombie that they would like, tell me mm-hmm. for <laughs> and, sure and also um my amazing fnp um who's also my friend who was like you don't have to live like this mm-hmm. we can handle this and mm-hmm. checked in with me so frequently and said how are you doing how are you feeling and when i wanted to take a lower dose of medication she was like that's fine it's not gonna work and mm-hmm. guess what guys she was right but i still <laughs> she still let me go on the journey i needed mm-hmm. to go on to get where i am so mm-hmm. i'm just i'm i'm so thankful to everyone and and that's really it 
I'm I'm so happy she's singing again <laughs> um, after every thought. She's got a song for you. So that's a sign. That's definitely a sign of her, um, of the brightness that's shining on her life right now. That's right. Um, well, we're glad you tuned in. And we'd like to thank Baobab Tree Studios, our friends, family, and you who make this podcast possible and make us want to do it. That's right. Please be sure to subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Android, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen. Like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Midwife Crisis Podcast. And email us. Please email us. We want to hear about your victories and triumphs. We want to hear about your self-care. We want to hear about your thoughts on any issues we talk about. All emails are welcome. Also, please let us know if you want us to, if we do address you, if we want us to keep you anonymous or not, Mm -hmm. um, because we're, of course, happy to do that as well. Um, And that email address is midwifecrisispodcast at gmail.com. So until the next time, of course, you know, I'm always going to say wash your hands, (laughs) but and then take care of yourself so that you can care for others. Yep. And uh, just, you know, if you feel like going on that med trip and take that journey, take that journey. Don't be scared. Adios. Adios.